This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast, because marriage without maintenance will break. Together, we are learning how to make marriage and love better. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. When fixing up a house, it may be helpful to knock out some walls and open up some new living space. Listen alone to gain a deeper understanding of your life's mate and learn how to effectively communicate. Find out how you can knock out some walls and open up some new living space in your marriage. One excellent thing you can do to a house that you're fixing up is open up the floor plan. You see them do it on TV all the time. You have a breakfast room, and you have a living room, and then you have a dining room, and then you have a kitchen. Well, by opening up all that, you have create more living space. There's one thing I liked about our house when we were looking at it was it had a little, little bit of extra living space. It's where you're all together in one, everything's like one place, and maybe you can knock down some walls to do that, or maybe you might have to go through some trouble to make that, and even to make the kitchen a little bit open. So who, whoever is working in the kitchen can talk to people in the living room or the breakfast room or the dining room, making open spaces. And your marriage can be a lot like that. Your marriage also needs open spaces. It's great to have open spaces to foster better communication. Today we're going to learn a few ways to create some of those living spaces in your marriage. Number one, realize how God made man and woman different. We'll look at this in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. In verse 20, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meat for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. They shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Realize how God made man and woman different. Think about this for just a few moments. God made man as a do-it-yourselfer. We like to do things by ourselves, and we just like to figure things out. When God created man, notice that the first thing he did, what's the first thing he did with man? He gave him a job. In verse number 15, he put him in the garden. And it didn't take long for him to give him his job description. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to what? To dress it and to keep it. So God gave Adam a job and he was so fulfilled in what he did. Adam was an awesome gardener. I mean, every day he got up and he worked on the Garden of Eden. It was his job to maintain it. He broke off dead limbs and he made everything look really nice. He was like an expert in his field. He was competent and he felt competent and knowledgeable. God had given him a job to do. And his men were like, 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 like that. We're like do-it-yourself types. We want to have something that makes us feel confident, competent and important. It's because we desire to be needed. I mean, Adam had that desire in him to be needed in this garden that God gave him. 
That was a need. He was needed. He felt important because God had given him this job to do. And as men were a lot like that, God created man with this innate desire to solve problems and to fix things. And that's just the way we are. We're like the ultimate do it yourself. I mean, we like to do things our own way. As a child, I vividly remember. Remember, we would be traveling, and I remember my mother complaining about my dad not asking for directions. It was his thing to not ask for directions. We would go way out of the way just because he knew to go that way. And my mother was so aggravated. Why don't you just stop for directions? I don't understand it. Just stop for directions. But we're that way. We want to do things ourselves. We want just do it yourself. God didn't have to give Adam all these instructions. He just said, here's a garden. Take care of it for me. Do it yourself. And Adam just was right at home because God made him that way. God created him that way. And God created men in this way. And it's most obvious is when you see like we just want to do things our own way. My dad loved his family, right? He wanted to get us safely to the, our destination and he prided himself on knowing how to get there. And it was insulting for him to have to stop and ask somebody else. No, he was in charge. He was, he was taking us to where we needed to be. And this was, that was his job. As a man, that's the way we feel. This, we want, by giving up easily, it's like admitting that you couldn't do the job to begin with. Driving that car was his job. Getting us to our destination, that was his job. And he took pride in doing that. And, and men were that way in everything we do. I mean, we take pride. We want to be experts in whatever we do. Men also need this feeling of being some kind of expert at something. The thought process goes like this. This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. And when I need help, I'll ask for it, right? When I finally get to the point where I need help, then I'll ask for it. Since I work at the post office, I know all about shipping things, right? It's just what I do. If you get me started, I can tell you all kinds of details. And I can even tell you details about the network that your package goes through. And I can tell you, it's going to go here. It's going to go in this container. We can follow this scan because it goes on this truck. And they scan it here and they do this. And I can tell you all these things about the network because that's what I do for a living. It's just something I do. I can explain the entire process. You know what? I got to a point, our air conditioner went out. And what am I going to do? I don't know how to work on an air conditioner. So what's a guy do? He tries it himself, and then he says, oh, no, I need to call my friend, Brother Patrick, who, by the way, is an expert in his field, right? So this other expert came out, and it didn't hurt my pride a bit because he's an expert, right? I'm an expert in what I do, and he's an expert in what he does. It didn't bother me. It didn't hurt my feelings to have to call someone else. But men have this do-it-yourself attitude, don't we? God made us that way. God created man that way. And God created different. There's the in-touch woman. There's a do-it-yourself man. And then there's the in-touch woman. Conversely, when God created woman, instead of giving her a job, he gave her a relationship. He gave her Adam to be her husband. With Adam, it was a job, right? I want you to take care of this garden. With Eve, it was a relationship with Adam. You know what? God is funny that God is so ironic. I think God has a sense of humor. With Adam, it just takes like just a simple phrase of what he's supposed to do. But Eve had to have this long backstory. I mean, five verses to explain where she came from and what she was supposed to be doing and how things were going to work. 
I mean, he spent five verses in going into details about what she was supposed to do. This was a, she was, God gave her a relationship. It's because God made man and God made woman differently. You know, Eve could have kept the garden, right? I'm sure she could have done a great job at keeping the garden. But that was Adam's job. That was the job that God had given. Instead, God gave her a relationship with her husband. And that was her job to, to take care of him, to maintain that relationship. There was not another creature that was suited to help Adam and to match with him, to mate with him. So God made a creature to fill this role. Adam called her woman and later called her Eve. And she was the mother of all living. Therefore, women are just intuitive about relationships. Because God made them that way. Just like guys are just naturally do-it-yourself. Sometimes, I don't even read the instructions when I put something together. I've got this. This is easy. I've got this figured out. Do it yourself, right? But women are not that way. Women are in touch. They are all about relationships, not about jobs. It's about relationships. Their whole life is about fulfilling their roles in relationships. It's about how they feel and how they can sympathize with one another and feelings that they're going through. And they like to talk about how they feel. From this worldview, life is like a story with lots of background and emotions, right? And so a woman starts to talk and she wants to talk about the details. Where a man needs to do things to demonstrate his love and importance, women like to talk to demonstrate their love and acceptance because they're all about relationships. They're all about their feelings and sharing in that relationship with one another. And then we have the love connection, right? In his divine wisdom and his creative personality, God put a powerful spark of love between two beings. It was husband and wife, Adam and Eve. A fascinated Adam looked in the eyes of Eve and saw something he desperately needed in her. And when Eve looked back at him, she saw what she, she saw this strong man that she desperately needed in her life. And so, These differences, they draw us into romantic relationships, right? And then those same differences can cause us conflicts later on in marriage. Now, in fully accepting and realizing these differences, it can create living space in your marriage. Places that you can share if you understand and accept that you're different. My wife is different. She's not do-it-yourself. She's not just all about the facts. And I'm different than her. I'm not about relationships. I'm not about feelings. When realizing that we are different, we're able to deal with each other. We're able to help each other and we're able to have a better relationship and create those living spaces that we, that we need. Number two, learn how to talk to your man. Learn how to talk to your man. You know, having established that there are differences between men and women that God created, you know, it becomes imperative to know how to talk to each other. You talk, the way you talk to your spouse can completely change how your marriage works. You know, by learning to express your expectations and the things that you want and need to your spouse, by learning to communicate within those open spaces, you can change your marriage. By learning how to talk, learn how to talk to your man. Number one, don't give your husband unsolicited advice. <laughs> don't do it. Don't give your husband uns- <laughs> don't give your husband unsolicited advice. You know, women get together and they talk about how they feel and even how they feel about how they feel. I mean, it's ridiculous. 
women like to talk about how they feel. Everything that happens to them is happens to women is somehow connected with how they feel and how they feel about what is happening to them and how they feel about how they feel. It is therefore intuitive to them to talk, to give advice based on those feelings. To them, you know, advice is a way to make things better. And we're talking about how we feel. Oh, why don't you do this? And you can do this. And you can improve your life by doing this. And talking about how they feel and all these emotions. You know, when you're dealing with the men, it's from a, they come from a diff, completely different point of view. How they feel is directly related to their competence and their importance. A man needs to feel needed and useful. Giving a man advice without him asking is like questioning his meaning and his purpose in life. So don't give unsolicited advice to your husband. Even though you may mean it to be constructive and because you love him and you want to help him, right? You want to make things better. But if you appreciate and love your husband, don't give him unsolicited advice. The bottom line is, if a man needs help, he asks for it. he's He's an expert. When he... When he... We don't ask for directions until we absolutely have to. Until we absolutely need to. I'm at the end. I realize now I'm at the end of my, exp- my expertise. So now I need some help. You know, my air conditioning, it didn't take me long to realize I was at the end of my expertise. What in the world is this thing doing? Oh, why did it make that noise? Okay. I've reached the end of my expertise. And now I'm going to ask for help. If a man needs help. From his point of view, he'll ask for it. Unsolicited advice is the worst thing you can give to your do-it-yourself man. You know what? He'll interpret this as an insult to his competence. If he doesn't want to stop and ask for directions, just trust him and give him time to figure it out. It won't hurt anything. You might have to be a little patient, but he will love you and appreciate you for trusting him. I mean, he'll feel like he's king of the world if you just trust him. Believe in his ability. You know what? He'll finally stop and ask for directions. Trust me, I'm a man. I know. He will finally stop and ask for directions. You know, sometimes, you know what? I will finally get those directions out. If I'm putting something together, I'll, if I hit a point where I don't know what I'm... Okay, I've made a mess. Let me, let me back up. Let me take a few of these screws out. Okay, step one. Step two. Sometimes when dealing with a man, it's just best not to say anything and just let him figure it out on his own. Men are do-it-yourselfers. If you learn to respect your husband in this way, it's like giving him the world. If you make him feel like he's needed and he's important and he's competent, you meet a need in his life. It's something that God put in him. God said, Adam, you're gardener. It's that simple. Take care of it. Wait for your husband's attention. Don't give your husband unsolicited advice to wait for your husband's attention. Now, whereas women deal with stress by talking about it, it's stress relieving for whatever reason for women to talk about how they feel and how they've been hurt. They talk about it. As a man, I deal with my stress by disconnecting from that stress. 
I deal with express not by talking about it, but by doing something that completely disconnects me from it. I express my usefulness by solving problems and fixing things. I like to do that. And that's just a general thing. Men like to fix things. So the point of stress for men is gets a problem that you can't fix. It's de-stressing for me to focus on another problem that's totally unrelated. A man may immerse himself completely in his sports team. I'll do this sometimes. I will get all wrapped up in my sports team and I will solve all the problems on that sports team. It has no consequence to me. I can tell you what that coach needs to do. I can tell you what plays they need to run. I can tell my college team what kind of players they really need to start recruiting. I can tell them even the whole general direction of the program they need to go in. I'll sit down and I'm going to solve their problem. And that's de-stressing for me. I like to listen and read about politics. I could go to Venezuela right now and see President Maradu or whatever his name is, Marudu or whatever, how you ever say his name. I could go visit him and I could tell him how to fix all the problems in his country. (laughs) Maduro, that's his name. I could go to President Maduro right now and tell him how to solve all the problems in Venezuela because I'm totally disconnected from it. But when I'm stressed out from a day, if I go read about Venezuela and fix all the problems in Venezuela, once I get that, that fixed in my mind, now I can reconnect to life. It's my way of dealing with stress. It's my way of doing that. And it's men do this. We like to solve problems, right? We can't solve the problems we have right now. So let's come up with another problem that we can solve that is totally disconnected to anything else. And just by doing that, focusing on that for just a little while, we're able to reconnect to life. It's like we go in our cave or we visit somewhere else for a little while and then we come back. You know, it's important to understand that men need to fix things. This is how we distress. This is how we get deal with stress, not by talking about it, but just by escaping for a little while. It's not that your husband wants to ignore you. Or he doesn't love you. He just needs to escape for a few minutes. It's what men do. And then we reconnect later. If you allow them that little bit of time to disconnect, they can later refocus their full attention on you. Man may try to listen to you when he's in that zone, when I'm trying to solve Venezuela's problems and, and I'm in that zone and I'm going to solve our country's political problems and I'm going to really straighten Congress out this time and tell them exactly what they need to do. When I'm in that zone, I may be listening to my wife, but I'm really not listening. She may have 5% of my attention. Let me solve that problem in Venezuela first. Let me solve that problem in Russia. Let me solve that conflict in the Ukraine first. Let me fix my favorite sports team for a few minutes. Then let me come back to reality. And now I'm able to, now you're able to get my attention. Now You're able to now I'm able to engage with you like I should. Also, make sure you have his full attention before you start talking to your man. When he's in the zone and he's fixing problems in the sports world, when he's doing researching on his favorite hobby. Don't try to have a serious conversation with him. Make sure you have his attention first. Make sure make sure you know what's going on. And you know, another another tip to dealing with men is we like to hear just the main point. 
Give me the main point and then give me the details to fill in. You know, women like the whole backstory, like God did when he described how Eve came about. Yeah. Just give us the main point and then fill in the details. We don't want suspense or we don't want to hear stuff unrelated to the main point. Instead of giving us the main point and let it, let it crescendo up to the, and let us, instead of giving us all these details that crescendo up to the main point, just tell us what it's about and then fill in the details. Oh, that's what it's about. Now I can listen to what you're saying. Not, I've got to pay attention to this, even though it's completely unrelated. And I'm trying so hard. And I'm trying so hard. Where's the point? Where's the point? Where are we going to land this plane? No, this is what this is about. This is about, this is about my aunt and her problems that she's having. Okay, now you can fill in the details. Now, now I can try to understand where you're coming from. So start with the point and then go back. We think different. Well, don't we? We're just made different. Respect your husband's feelings. Respect your husband's feelings. You know, ironically, as men, we pride ourselves on being tough, right? We all want to be like John Wayne or Clint Eastwood. And, you know, we want to be tough. But guys are super sensitive. I mean, we really are really sensitive. I mean, we really are sensitive in how we feel about ourselves, even though we don't realize it. I mean, we want to feel like we're an expert at something. And when when we're criticized or corrected or someone tries to change us, it just hurts our whole self-esteem and it hurts our feelings. Even though we don't say that, it hurts who we are. We, we, We want to be experts. We want to be important. We want to be needed, not changed or corrected. Or criticized. If you're criticized or correcting or trying to, it damages the do-it-yourself spirit of your husband. And over time, can drive your husband away from you. He doesn't need you to tell him what to do. He needs you to accept and respect the man that he is. You know what? The number one universal complaint of all husbands everywhere. My wife tells me what to do. My wife tries to tell me what to do all the time. Maybe the reason he's so disconnected from you is because he doesn't know what to handle the way you make him feel when you try to correct him or to change him. He will immerse himself in something else because he doesn't know how to deal with that. Why does he go hunting all the time? Because he can solve problems in the woods, because he can figure out how to find those things. Why does he... Why does he watch that racing game so much? Why does he watch that racing so much? Why is he so involved in that? Well, maybe he doesn't know how to handle the way you make him feel. And so he never comes out of his cave. <laughs> respect, <laughs> respect your husband's feelings. Respect his feelings. He may try to escape because he don't know how to fix the problems that you are causing for him. So he'll find pleasure and rewards of fixing other things through work. Why does he work so much? Well, he can solve those problems at work, but he can't solve the way you're making him feel. Number two, learn how to listen to your woman. Learn how to listen to your woman. You don't have to fix your wife. You know, women de-stress by talking about their problems, and I said how those problems make them feel. Guess what? Your wife doesn't want you to fix those problems. She doesn't want you to fix them. We want to fix everything, right? We want to solve problems. 
But when your wife is talking about how she feels, she's not talking about something that she wants you to fix. You don't have to fix your wife. She doesn't want you to fix her problems. She just wants you to listen to her talk about those problems. And that is distressing for her. It relieves stress for her. It's an incre- it is incredibly hard for a man who is a naturally born fixer to do this. You're telling me a problem. I want to give you a solution. If you've got problems with this person, well, just don't talk to him anymore. Well, you don't understand. They're my friend. No, <laughs> just don't talk to him. I mean, if a guy bothers me that much, look, hey, how you doing? That's the end of the deal for me. So I'm, we want to offer solutions, don't we? But women just want to be heard. Don't necessarily want to be fixed. It can become stressful for a man to listen to a woman. He doesn't understand this. You, you either see it as personal criticism. Oh, the house is getting too small. Oh, my goodness, I need to get a bigger house. What do you, I've already told you it's going to take me time to get a bigger house. No, that's not what she's saying. She just wants you to listen to what she has to say. She doesn't want you to fix anything. Just listen. You know, what? we look for problems to solve as a man, but our wife doesn't necessarily need her problems fixed. Understand, there's nothing for you to fix or accept. Just stop and listen to your wife, what she's saying about how she feels. What she's talking about is really not about the problem at all. It's about how she feels about the problem. Therefore, it's important in your marriage to practice listening without offering ways to fix her problems. The conversation is not about facts and solutions. It's about feelings. You know, believe it or not, it's hard for me to understand how talking about how you feel relieves stress. But it relieves stress for women to talk about how they feel. So listen to her. Stop talking and trying to escape and just listen to her for a few minutes. Give her that chance. Give her that chance, even though that's the exact opposite of what we want to do. Give her the chance to talk about her problems. Your wife needs your full attention. Your wife needs your full attention. You know, I talked about how you can be in this like this zone and you really can only hear like five percent of what's going on. I'm listening. But I'm really trying to do something else. Your wife needs your full attention. It's okay to escape to your hobby. It's okay to escape, escape to the news or whatever you do to whatever problem, you know, we come up with or want to solve, whatever thing we want to, to focus our attention on. It's okay to do that and to relieve stress, but you got to come back to real life and pay full attention to your wife. That's what she longs for. This is what she needs. And this is what you have to give her to make her happy in marriage. And guess what? It'll make you happy in marriage too. By listening, by giving your full attention to your wife. She doesn't want 5% of your listening. She doesn't even want 95%. She needs, she craves 100% of your attention. And that's the number one complaint of wives everywhere, right? My husband doesn't listen to me. It's everywhere. Ask anybody doesn't listen to me just stop what you're doing come out of your escape mentality for a little while and just give your wife your full 
attention. Sometimes we think we can multitask, right? Guess what? Men are not good at multitasking. We have to stop. You have to stop what you're doing. Stop reading the news. Stop reading about your special, your favorite sports team. Stop watching the show about your favorite sports team. Turn the race off for a minute. Listen to your spouse. Give her your full attention. Listen with empathy. Listen with empathy. We've established that your wife doesn't need you to fix the problem she's talking about and that she needs your full attention. So now we get to the bottom line of, of listening to a woman. All she really wants from you is for you to validate how she's feeling. She just wants validation about her feelings that she's having. That's why she's talking about the way she feels. She wants you to validate the way that she's feeling. She wants to know that you actually care about what she's going through, about how she's feeling, not to solve a problem, not to belittle what's going on. Oh, my goodness, you're having problems in this area. Well, I'm so sorry. Let me come put my arm around you. This must be hard for you to deal with. Validate the way she feels. Listening with empathy. I understand that must be hard for you to deal with. That must be hard for you. Not to offer solutions, not to belittle. This is hard for you to go through. Listen to her with genuine concern. Then hold her in your arms to comfort, comfort her in her problems. You know, listening with empathy, you make your marriage, you can bind your marriage with love in an unbreakable way because you've given her your full attention and you're listening like you care about what's going on in her life and the way she feels. This is how you can divorce-proof your marriage, by listening and understanding each other. How do you open up the floor plan of your marriage? One, realize how God made man and woman different. Realize that you're different. Recognize those differences. Number two, learn how to talk to your man. Number three, learn how to listen to your woman. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege it is to be saved and to be a part of your family, Lord, to be a part of your church and to be able to come here today and hear the words of Scripture. And I pray that you'd help us to focus our hearts and minds on you. And I pray that our marriages, we would be able to focus on you in a way that honors the Bible principles that you laid forth, that you created us differently. And may we respect those differences and may we love each other in the ways that, that honor those differences that you have given us. And I pray that you'd help us to have strong marriages that reflect Christ and the church. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. For more information, visit fixeruppermarriage.org. If this episode has been helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has some great things planned for your marriage. So don't miss it.